So anyway, um, I want to start off, who likes magic tricks? Who likes magic? I'm like, I love magicians. You know what I'm talking about? Like sleight of hand magicians. Um, I just am just crazy about magicians. Like if there's ever a magician and I'm just like right there in front row freaking out. Like I'm one of those guys. I'm like the guy that, if you're a magician, I'm the guy that you want in the front row because I freak out, okay? I'm that guy. So I'm not a magician, okay? So don't think I'm going to do a magic trick. But um, a lot of magic is sleight of hand, right? So it's like distraction. So the magician's trying to get you to focus on one thing while he does another thing that you're not noticing. And so I, um, I'm not a magician, but I can, I can fool my two-and-a-half-year-old into thinking I am a magician. So I had a quarter the other day, and he was uh, sitting on the counter, and I was like doing the whole thing. I had the quarter, and I was like, see the quarter? And I, you know, it's, it's right here, but I was like holding it in this hand. And I was like, where's the quarter? And my two-and-a-half-year-old's like, he was pointing at my hand. He's like, it's in your hand. And I opened it, and he was like freaking out. He's like, where'd it go? And then I went behind his ear. I pulled it up behind his ear, and he was freaking out. He was like, oh! He starts laughing, and he's like, do it again, do it again. And so now I would do it again, and I would put it, where's it? And I would pull it in the ear. I did it nine times. I think nine times I did this with, with my two-and-a-half-year-old. It was a blast. And, uh, but what magicians know is that you cannot focus at two things at once. They know that when you focus on one thing, you have your eyes off of another thing. And so distractions or diversions are there, the name of the game. Uh, the devil knows this trick as well. All he needs to do is to distract you onto something that keeps your attention off of the more important thing. And so he uses blatantly evil traps such as like witchcraft, sexual immorality, pornography, drugs, parties, hookups, and more. But he also uses subtle, more subtle tactics such as politics, sports, social media, hobbies, and career, school. But he also even, he uses even more subtle strategies such as religion, uh, social, or I'm sorry, friends, and food. You see, the devil isn't trying to get you into being this horned red being. He's just trying to get you distracted. Better yet, he's trying to get us focused on the material world. Because if our focus is on the material world, it's not on the spiritual world or the spiritual realities. And so, ultimately, this world is cursed and our natural instincts long for the things of this world to satisfy us. So because we live in these bodies, we instinctually long for material and physical things to fill the needs that we have, okay? People, friendships, relationships, food, and purpose, and the like. But God is so kind to us that um, Jesus, when God sent Jesus, it says in the scriptures that he made a public spectacle of the devil when he went to the cross. It says he conquered demonic power, every demonic power over this earth. So Jesus made a public spectacle of the devil and his demons when he went to the cross, meaning that their influence over humanity was crushed in an instant. And so although we live in a physical world and our instincts are to latch onto the material world, it doesn't mean that the material world has power or influence over us. Does that make sense? So although it can have influence on us, we are the more powerful or we're the being of dominion. 
We're the person that has the authority in the relationship between us and the physical world. It doesn't have power over us. We have it over it. But as we live throughout our lives, if you grant or if you give your authority over to alcohol, food, entertainment, social media, friendships, being needy, there's things. Once you give your authority or you give your purpose or your decision making and you start to become passive and, you, and we start to become indifferent, we actually start to become addicts and we start to be controlled by the things that we are supposed to have control over. That's why you have addictions. It's why we have, that's why, yeah, anyway, I'm going to get into it later. Anyway, is this making sense? Give me a thumbs up. This is making sense. So we're supposed to have authority over the material world, but because we're indifferent and passive, often the material world has authority over us, but it actually doesn't. We allow it to. So today, oh, I don't have my clicker. Hey, Sydney, you got this for me? I don't need a clicker. I'll just, I'll just trust you, okay? So uh, the Holy Spirit was sent to us. The Holy Spirit is God. He's a person, and he was sent to us to live incorruptible lives, that even though we live in a cursed world, we will not live by our own strength or our intellect, but through the power of the Holy Spirit. So today I want to share with you about the power of the Holy Spirit that can be experienced through prayer and fasting. So the power of the Holy Spirit that can be experienced through prayer and fasting, Zach mentioned it, that we have an initiative in January at Res Life called Pray First, which is taking 21 days in January, dedicating it to prayer and fasting to kind of like give God the first month in a sense, or give God 21 days in the beginning of the year to start off your year um, a, on a positive note. And so I want to talk about really to set up the 21 days, to set up the Pray First initiative for us to prepare us for the 21 days and challenge you to participate if you haven't considered participating. participating. Here's, uh, here's what I know. I want more of the Holy Spirit. And if you're here and you want more of the Holy Spirit, I have good news. The Holy Spirit wants more of you. I want more. And I am not satisfied with living a normal life. Like a normal life that you just coast and you're blending in. Like that just doesn't, I don't want any part of that. So I want the Holy Spirit. And God is giving, God gives like glimpses. He like, he like gives you little like kisses. He like drops his hand in every once in a while. It's like boom. And you're like, wow, I can, I need more, right? He like dips himself into your life and you're just like, ah, like. So anyways, I was, on a Sunday morning, I was praying. And you know, like on Sunday mornings, like they go, hey, if you need to pray, come to the front. And so, um, I'm sorry, I was going to say something, but I'm not. Okay, so I'm in the front, and I'm just waiting for people to come, and, and I'm going to pray for them. A lot of times I have coffee, so i got to have a mint out, so I'm calling the mint out, put my mint in, because want, nobody wants to have that guy praying for you with a stinky breath, right? You become up in faith, and you're like, okay, I'm going to, anything, all my faith just left the building after that coffee breath was just piled in my face. Anyway, so this guy comes up to me, and he, he comes up, and a lot of times, you know, just to give you a little insight into the pastor world, people come up, and it's not like specific things, you know what I mean? Like people come up, and they're like, I have an issue with my life. Can you pray for me? And I'm like, anymore? <laughs> it's just that, no? Okay, let's just pray, right? So I'm praying for this guy, but he comes up, and he goes, I have an addiction to cocaine. 
And I'm like, you should get some help. <laughs> you know, what I mean? he's like, I'm here to see you. I believe that God, I want God to help me. And you know, I have faith, but sometimes like you, you just doubt yourself. And so I'm like, I'll pray for you, but here, here's my email. I want to get you some help because I'm, this prayer is probably not, like you're probably going to need more than just me praying, okay? And so that's literally my mindset. Like, and so I'm like, I'll pray for you. So I'm like, in Jesus' name, I pray for, his name is Casey. I'm like, I pray for Casey and just God, break off this addiction in Jesus' name and help him to find someone that can help him after this prayer. You know what I mean? I'm praying for him. And I just, we leave it. And I didn't feel any special anointing. I didn't get tinglings. There was no light. There was nothing. And I just left him. Four months later, I was using the bathroom on a Sunday morning. I walked out of the bathroom, and, and Casey was right there. He was like, Pastor Jake. I was like, hey, what's up, man? How you been? You know? He's like, you would never believe what happened. I was like, what? He's like, after that morning, you prayed for me. All of my, uh, all my addiction left. He's like, I know, like, I literally, within that day, I never desired cocaine again. And I was like, I was like, wow. <laughs> I was like, there's moments like that that I'm like, I am not satisfied with living a life in which I'm just sending people to counseling all the time. Like, I'm not satisfied. I want my life, not me, but I want my life to be a conduit or an avenue in which the Holy Spirit, in which God can, can come, and not me, but I can just be the person who someone comes to, and then they can experience freedom. And they can experience breakthrough, and they can experience the goodness of God on this side of eternity. That's what I want. And I just want more, more Holy Spirit. And this is what um, A.W. Tozer says. He's, I, he says, I want the presence of God. A.W. Tozer is like a, um, he's like a theologian in the 1900s, mid to late, early to mid to late 1900s. He was he lived a long life. So, I want the presence of God himself, or I don't want anything at all to do with religion. I want all that God has, or I don't want any. And then Ephesians 3 kind of says this, cra this crazy prayer that is just so amazing. It says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. This is the part that blows my mind, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Peter's prayer for us is that you and I would be filled with all of the fullness of God. It's that quote from Tozer that says, if I can't have all of the presence of God, I don't want any. And that is a far cry from American Christianity. American Christianity says, just give me enough and I'll be good. Let me keep my life and include God in. That's not the gospel. The gospel says, come and die and Jesus gives you a new life. That's baptism. You go under, you come up in newness of life. This is the message the gospel, the good news that Jesus came to bring is that our life would be filled with the life of the Holy Spirit. So the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm sorry, and then the lastly in Exodus 33, this is something that Moses, Moses says to God. So 
the golden calf had just happened, and so the Israelites have just abandoned God and worshipped idols, and Moses is having this dialogue with God up on Mount Sinai, and he's talking to him, and God is about to make this offer to Moses that he and the Israelites can go into this land, and that God would actually not go with them, and this is what Moses says. So realistically, this is another way that I could frame it. uh, God says, I'll give you all of the blessing, but I won't go with you. That's what he says to the Israelite people, specifically to Moses. In Exodus 33, 15, this is what Moses says back to God. If your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. Moses' statement back to God is that if I can't have you, I don't even want the blessings. I don't even want, like, you are the blessing. <laughs> like, you are it, God. And so this is, the, this is the, the mindset of the gospel, okay? This is the biblical approach to God that we see that's honorable and admirable. And that's what we want to continue to press into tonight. That the power of the Holy Spirit is experienced in times of prayer and fasting. So in Luke, you know, Jesus prayed and fasted. A lot of people, we don't understand fasting in American culture. Like, we know fast food. We, we don't know how to fast, f- like, uh, from food. Like, we, and if you're not familiar with fasting, fasting is a period of time in which you don't eat. And usually it's for spiritual purposes. Christians are not the only ones who fast. There are a lot of uh, people, uh, people who work out fast, people who are nutritionists fast, people, Muslims fast quite a bit, Jews fast, and then Christians fast. It's not solely a Christian thing, but it's a thing that Jesus actually did and that he taught us to do as well. So Jesus had just fasted um, for 40 days, and it actually says in Luke, it says that Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit to fast. Some of y'all are like, the Holy Spirit's never told me to fast. You might need to check with him again. (laughs) He was led to the wilderness to fast. Okay? And then after 40 days, it says he was led by the Spirit. And this is what it says in Luke 4.14. After his fast, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit. And news about him spread throughout the entire countryside. So what we find here is that pre the fast that Jesus had, 40 days. No, I'm not, I'm not asking you to fast for 40 days from food. But pre-fast, Jesus was led by the Spirit, and when he came out of his fast, he was empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so it shows me that, that fasting is a space in which the Holy Spirit's power can actually come upon you. Now, some of you are like, what are you talking about? Are you talking about speaking in tongues? Are you talking about like falling out? Are you talking about having visions? We'll talk about some of that what that means in this message. But what I want to do is whet your appetite in a sense. I want you to long. I want you to, to, to consider what it might mean for you and your life to enter into a season of 21 days of fasting and what it can do for your life, that there's power that's attached. It's not a religious duty. It's not a checklist. We're not patting ourselves on the back. We're going to meet with the creator God. We're going to meet with God so that we can be empowered to live the gospel out, to live a life that is not normal, boring, or a life that doesn't blend in. So I want to ask the question, what is happening when I pray and fast or when I fast and pray? This is what I'll say. Fasting without prayer is unnecessary suffering. (laughs) Food is amazing. 
So if you do not plan to pray while you fast, I, I mean, maybe if you want to lose weight, go for it. But usually just not eating isn't a great way to lose weight either. So I'd recommend just doing something else. But praying with or fa- or fasting without praying is unnecessary suffering. So the point of fasting is the coupling of not eating food while you pray and you seek God from the heart. I was listening to a, a podcast about a guy, and it was like a nutritionist podcast, and, and um, he was saying, this guy was like, he fasted literally every day, 22 hours, and he only had a two-hour eating window every day. The guy was an atheist, but I'm just saying like, or he might have been an agnostic, but what, what I mean by that is that just because you fast doesn't mean it's like you're going to get closer to God, right? Fasting in and of itself is not an avenue in which God will meet you. It's an avenue in which we can take dominion over our flesh. And so the first thing that it does, what is happening when I pray and fast, is it increases sensitivity to Holy Spirit. It increases sensitivity to Holy Spirit. In John 4, 24, it says this about God. It describes God this way. It says, God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and truth. So God is spirit, and his worshipers will worship in spirit and truth. So he's a spirit. Now let's talk about you and I. God is spirit. Next, next slide. We, as humans, are three-part beings. We call ourselves the body, the soul, and the spirit. Pastor Dwayne says it this way usually. He says, you have a body, no, you live in a body, you have a mind, or you have a soul, and you are a spirit. So you are, a, like, the true you is not your body. The true you is not your brain. The true you is your spirit person that is eternal meaning that this person will never die. And so God, when he, when he relates to humans, that's what makes us different than animals, because animals don't have spirits. When God relates to humans, he relates and communicates and reaches your spirit. Sometimes that can come through your mind or through your body in a healing or in a thought that pops in your head or in a dream but the, 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 the direct line of communication is your spirit. Here's the problem. Most people live being led by your body. Most people don't have any self-control, or I should say, very little self-control over their bodily instincts and desires, and therefore their, their default setting is to listen to their body. Oh, my stomach's growling. I'm going to eat. Oh, I want to do this. Literally, for, for a lot of young people, it's like, oh, I'm horny. I'm going to masturbate. Seriously, this is like what happens. Our body tells us, or I'm lonely. I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go on Instagram and message a bunch of people because I'm lonely, or I'm going to go and snap this person. Oh, I want a date. I'm going to go see if I can go on some dating app and, and pick up a date. You know what I mean? We, our body or our soul is being, le- it's being led by the wrong master, ultimately. And we're, we're driven by culture to be led by our body, right? We're driven by every institute that we exist in to listen to the body over everything else. 
You see, the issue, though, is because God communicates to your spirit. So if you are untrained in the spirit person, then you will never pick up the frequency in which God is trying to reach you at. And so what, we, what fasting does, right, it increases sensitivity to the Holy Spirit in a way in which now we, instead of being led by our flesh, it's like the most tangible way to crush your flesh or your body. It's the most, it's the most like brutal and like in a lot of, a lot of spiritual things are like mysterious and it's unseen and it's kind of like, yeah, kind of like faking or faking it until I make it type of thing because it's so vague, right? Fasting is such a, uh, such a tangible way to say, you know what? My flesh is not leading my life. My body is not leading my life. I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to lead my life by rejecting the desire for food and rejecting uh, my appetite. That's kind of what's happening. And so this is what it says in Romans 8, 7 through 8. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile towards God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Say that again, for the mind that is set on the flesh or the body or this, the material world, the mind that is set on this flesh is hostile to God. Another translation says it's an enemy of God. And so when we're living life led by our flesh, led by our instincts, led by our desires, led by our temptations, and we do nothing to uh, give way for the Holy Spirit to lead us, our entire bodies, no matter what our confession is, no matter what we say we believe, if that is leading our lives, we are, in, we are living as enemies of God. Now, it doesn't, say, it doesn't mean that you are an enemy of God, it just means you're living in a way that is outside of your identity, outside of who God's created you to be. And so, what I like to how I like to um, think about this is, hold that, give me. So you guys ever play this game? So it, no, it's a game, it's activity. So it increases sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. And so a lot of times we live our lives and actually, let's say, Kimmy, you're God, okay? Okay, you're not God, but you're playing God in this analogy, okay? A lot of times, like, we're, like, God is, like, speaking to us, right? So he's speaking, like, right, he's speaking. But remember, God speaks in a still, small voice. He speaks in the mysterious ways, in the mystic way of, to our spirit that only gets picked up to people who are searching after him. It says, God, draw close to God, he draws close to you. And so we live our lives, and we're going through, we got school, we got homework, we got work, we got friends, we got all this stuff, we got phones, we got social media, we got YouTube, we got Instagram, we got Snapchat, we're going through our lives, and God's speaking to us, he's still speaking to us, and we're just living our life, and then we might like come to church, and we're like, what is that, okay, eh, whatever, yeah, I don't hear him, yeah, God never speaks to me, he speaks to everyone else, he doesn't speak to me. So we go throughout our days, and then we're like, God, I need your help, God, I need your help, and then you're like... Yeah, okay, yeah, I picked up my Bible today. It's like, yeah, God, I just never hear you speaking. And see, what fasting, what prayer and fasting does is it slows you down, orients you. I think it's got to be tense, okay, so, all right. Nice. It orients you so you can hear the still, small voice. You didn't even say anything. Oh, I didn't hear it. I think it works better when you have tin cups. You know what I'm saying? Like plastic cups. <laughs> okay. Okay. Do you guys get the analogy, nonetheless? Okay. And so it, it slows you down, so you can hear the still small voice. 
So you increases your sensitivity to the power of the Holy Spirit. This is what it says in Galatians 5, 16 through 18. It says, but I say, walk by the Spirit. Mm, I love that. It doesn't say run. It says walk. Walk by the Spirit. And what happens next? You will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. And the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. So many people are stuck in addictions to, to whatever, right? We all have things that we cope with or we, we lean on in the, in the material world that would be considered sinful or idolatry. And the way out isn't, isn't simply, uh, I would say, feeling sorrow for your sin is important. keeps your heart sensitive. But sorrow for your sin is not the solution. It can lead you to the solution, but the solution is walking in union with Holy Spirit. Because it says if you walk by the Spirit, you won't satisfy the desires of the flesh. And so a lot of us are stuck in sin, and what fasting does is increases sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, which actually decreases our desire for sinful activity. And so a lot of people are trying to decrease their desire for, for sin, sexual morality or drugs or whatever, you know what I mean, anger. They, they're trying to decrease that, but they're not trying to increase their sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. And it's like, do you not get it? Like, it's, it's not like this can just go down. This has to go up in order for that to go down. It's directly correlated. And so what fasting does is it increases sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, which actually gives us more desire for God and less desire for the material, fleshly world, which ultimately leads, leads us to living sinful lives. And so my solution to you is not pray and fast and you'll never sin again. My solution is praying and fasting is a way to increase your relationship with the Holy Spirit which in turn will lead you to live a more holy and righteous life. In obedience, not to a pastor and not to your friends, your 242 group, but so that you are devoted to Jesus and to holiness and to pleasing him. Between you, like just, it's just you and your desire. It's increased. Okay, next thing. Does that make sense? Give me a thumbs up. Come on. This has changed my life, and I'm just hoping that I can help one more person, one more person. It can give us clarity for our future. What, what does fasting do for me? Prayer and fasting. It gives us clarity for our future. Remember, it increases sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. It's not just for sin. It, can be, it's just, it is for sin, but it also, a lot of us have life decisions. We have college. We have master's programs. We, do I finish college? Do I drop out of college? I'm liking college. I'm like uh, boyfriends and engagements, and we have all these things. Do we do it or do we not do it? We have big life decisions, and we're like, God, I need help, right? And we're trying to know what, remember, he knows the end from the beginning. He knows where you're supposed to go. And so when you pray and fast and you slow down and you increase sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, it's, he'll help you make the right decisions. Now, it doesn't mean that you'll get your answer just because you pray and fast, but it'll increase that, 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 that probability. So I had a guy who used to come to Access. He actually moved. But during uh, three years ago, during the Pray First, he was praying for his future and his purpose. And during the 21 days of prayer and fasting, the Lord showed up to him during worship one morning and said, I'm calling you into ministry. I want you to move to Texas and go to school. 
So literally, he, and his, he talked to his wife, and they were like, yeah, let's do this. And so like literally from the time of prayer and fasting came the mandate or the assignment to go and uh, get a college degree and to pursue ministry. So I, I share that to say the power of the Holy Spirit is experienced in times of prayer and fasting. So a third thing that, the, that prayer and fasting does for us, what does it do for me? What does it do in me? Is it hands the Holy Spirit dominion over your flesh? So I would say fasting reveals our dependency on the material world. When you stop eating for like a day or two, right? You're, or maybe like you stop eating or like your blood sugar levels go up and you're just like, you're, oh, you're just like, you get, you stop drinking coffee, you got headaches, you're just like, ah! And you realize, holy moly, I am, I am dependent on this material world to a degree that I had no idea that I was. And that should scare you, not in like in a fearful way, but in a way it wake you up. That if you're dependent on food that much, how much more am I dependent on that I had no idea that I was dependent on? How dependent am I am for likes and, and text messages and, and, and friends? How dependent am I, an, am I on finances and security in my finances? How dependent am I, am I on all these things that aren't Christ? You see, fasting does, it just highlights one blatant area that helps us on all the rest of the areas. So when you fast, you're handing over the dominion of your flesh to the Holy Spirit. You're saying, I do not want the flesh to lead me, my body, my instincts. Holy Spirit, I want you to lead me, so I'm going to refrain from eating for a period of time in order to pray and seek you and actively place you as the leader of my life. Does this get this? So when you do that, draw close to God, he draws close to you. You see the act of sacrifice, God honors that. It It says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. It's an act of hunger and desire. And now you're not earning it, you're not earning anything, but you're expressing your faith in an authentic way that when done genuinely, not to earn God's love or prove a point, but to say, God, I want to know you, that is like, that is like the best thing. You, if you want to know God, sacrifice for him in an authentic way. And don't praise yourself from the rooftops and tell everyone else what you're doing and share it on Instagram and say, I want to do a fast from social media for 21 days, so see you later, guys. <laughs> like, don't do that. Just get off it. Nobody really knows you're there anyway, even though you think they do. I've been off for one year from Instagram. Not one person has said, Jake, where have you been? No one said that. What? They actually don't care that I'm not on Instagram. Oh, I'm hurt now. I'm hurt now. Good thing I'm going to do a season of fasting. I'm going to have to forgive Audrey. <laughs> That's total sarcasm. I'm sorry. That's awful. <laughs> uh, so it hands over dominion of our flesh to the Holy Spirit. And I'm just going to tell you, you want the Holy Spirit leading your life. Well, I should say this. If you like control, you won't like it. But if you like fruitfulness, peace, joy, and purpose, you'll love it. 
if you like other people's opinions and you like to fit in and blend in and you like, then you won't like it. But if you love the peace and security that comes from being just sound and strong, you will love it. You'll love it. So it hands it over. So this is uh, where I'll pause and, and just mention this. When you're fasting, there's a trend in America that says you don't need to fast food in order to fast, okay? They'll say things like, they'll say things like, oh, just fast like social media. They'll say, just get off your phone, get off TV, get off this, get off that, right? They'll just say these things. No, I think fasting, all those things are really helpful. But there is a biblical model that Jesus modeled himself and taught that fasting food for durations of time is extremely beneficial for our spiritual health and growth. This is where I'll pause, but I'll also say there are a lot of people because of our awful food industry that because of different things and medications and things that you have to take, that fasting food isn't really an option, right? Where you'd say, like, if I fast, if I, if I don't eat for a day, I can't take my medication, which means this, which means that, and I could have really adverse effects. And I'd say, when, if that's the case, you need to go to God and say, God, this is what I'm dealing with. Like, what do I, what do, I do? And I'd say, if you, if you don't feel comfortable or confident in fasting food for a day, then I'd say, what can you do, right? What can you, can you do one meal? Is that possible? And, and do it in a way that's honorable to God, that's still sacrificial, but also not like, oh, I have to fast for 24 hours, okay? That's not the point. The point is, is that we go to God expressing desire, sacrificing the flesh, placing the Holy Spirit as the leader to grow in connection with God. Does that make sense? What I don't want is I don't want y'all, somebody who has right, medication that they need to take in it with a meal. I don't want you to have to stop that just because you feel like I'm pressuring you to do this. It's not the point at all. The point is for you to grow in your relationship with the Holy Spirit, and there are multiple ways. But I will say, if you don't have that, and you have never fasted food, come on, baby, let's do this together. I'm not saying you to fast for 21 days. I'm saying let's fast. Let's get a day. Let's get a day a week for the next 21 days. Maybe that's what you're going to do. Maybe you're going to go, I'm going to fast two meals a day. I'm going to fast like right breakfast and lunch once a week, and then I'm going to take out some other foods. I don't know what you want to do, but like do something that hurts, not like really hurts. Do something that's going to make you feel uncomfortable to really, to really allow your, your dependency on the Holy Spirit to really be manifested. But, don't, but if you're going to be like someone who's like, oh my gosh, like I just can't stop thinking about food and all I can think about is like the pizza that I'm going to eat after my 21 days or whatever you're going to do. If you're going to be like that, then maybe just take it easy because that's not the point. Like if you're, if you're just can't wait for the food at the end of the fast, that's not the point. <laughs> like, you're, you know, that's not the point. The point is, is to grow in relationship with the Holy Spirit, okay? You might as well not even fast if you're just going to be like idolizing food at the whole time that you're fasting food, if that makes sense. All right, so times of prayer and fasting. I mentioned this earlier, but I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of end with this end with this testimony. Uh, times of prayer and fasting can help us overcome sin. So I have a friend, a good friend, who uh, shares a testimony. I won't name his name just because I don't need to, but here's a testimony that he dealt with um, pornography, masturbation for like for a long time, like over a decade. And he'd become a Christian. He was kind of a cultural Christian, never made his faith his own, and then he became a follower of Jesus. And he fasted 
for, he did a three-day fast, he says. He says, I did a three-day three fast with the purpose of, of drawing close to the Holy Spirit because I wanted my addiction to porn and my masturbation issue, I wanted that to stop. Like I was grieving my sin. So he did this three-day fast, and then he said from that moment on, it was just like, it was just different. He describes there's still temptation that comes, but like as far as like the severity of temptation, it was like that three-day fast kicked his spirit as the leader of his life. And it's just like what Galatians 5 says. It says, if you are led by the spirit, you will not uh, gratify the desires of the flesh. And so whatever sin issues we have, when we go into the times of prayer and fasting, just like come with expectation that when you get to know Holy Spirit, he will help you He'll give you self-control to overcome sin issues that might be habitual or even run in your family. Just come with an expectation that God can do way more than we think. And as we, as we close out here, I'll just say this. This is, a little, this is a little Jake tip. This is something I've learned from the times that um, I've just been living this out and, and seeking the Lord through prayer and fasting. Jesus, when he's, um, he's talking to his disciples and they had just, um, they were talking about food and and. and they were like, Jesus, are you going to eat, right? After he had fed the 4,000 in, in John 4. And Jesus said this to his disciples. He says, my food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. So here's my little tip. When you're fasting and you get hungry, don't think of it as you're being hungry. Think of it as a, as, as a moment where God is allowing you to finish the work that he's called you to do. Don't think of it as, oh, I'm so hungry, I can't wait to eat. Think of it as a sign. Think of it as like God waking you up saying like, do my will. Seek me right now. I'm with you right now. And that changed the game for me, right? So like you get hungry and then you're like, prayer. Jesus, you're with me. I thank you. My desire is not to fulfill my flesh, God. My desire is to know you more. God, I just want to know you more, God. I want to do your will. God, have your way in my life. Every time you're hungry, you're going to be waiting to get hungry by the end of the fast. Because every time you get hungry, boom, Holy Spirit connection. Boom, right there, your prayer, expressing faith, expressing desire. So now your hunger isn't a sign of suffering. Your hunger is a sign of connection. And it's, 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 changing the way you think about your fast and your pursuit of God. You're not suffering for Christ. You're actually withholding, sacrificing to grow the connection with him. And Jesus made this all possible, guys. I'll end. I think this is my third ending. I'll end by bringing back the quarter. The devil's strategy is to distract you. Jesus has has released his Holy Spirit into the earth and he is present at all times. He's present right now speaking to your heart. He's present at all times. 
And he desires nonstop connection. He desires to fill your life with peace, with joy, with purpose, with, with love, with sacrificial love. He desires to fill you, to live a life that's so much bigger than you can ever live on your own. And the devil, through the flesh, through sin, through, this, through social media, through all the busyness that we're in, he is trying to distract you from being led by the Spirit. Don't let him do the magician's trick and distract you and keep, you from the, keep your eye off the prize. And what prayer and fasting will do is it will expose the devil for who he is and it will place the leader of your life as the Holy Spirit. And I promise you that if we, if we do this just authentically, not to beat ourselves up if we fail, authentically and seriously, we will start off 2022 in a way that you have never started off a year before. Amen? Let's pray, guys. Bow your heads. If you're here in the room and you just desire to know God, maybe you, maybe you just feel distant and you've been convicted to pursue him more, or maybe you don't know God at all, but for some reason tonight you're more open than you've been in the past, I'm just going to ask you, I'm not going to ask you to raise your, raise your hand or anything, I'm just going to ask you just in your own heart, in your own mind, in your own person, just express that desire to God right now. If you just want to know him more. Maybe you want to know him for the first time. Maybe you want, to, want him, him to reveal himself to you. So Holy Spirit, we just trust that you will take care of your, your people. That God, you meet hunger. You meet the hungry. You, you, you draw close to those who draw close to you. As they express just in their, in their own spirit their desire to know you, God, that you will meet them in a way that changes them forever, God. And if that's you and you just express that, just be expectant tonight before you go to bed. As you go, before you go to bed, just pray to God and just ask him and express your desire to know him or ask him to reveal himself to you. Sounds good? Well, Jesus, we just thank you for this time of, of uh, gathering around Jesus and that we get to talk about God just pursuing you in a, in a pure and authentic way. And we just pray, God, that as we go from this place, we'd never be the same and that we'd live a life that is worthy of the price you paid for us. And that we would not live lives blending in and living normal lives, God, but we would live lives that are significant in your sight, filled with the fruit and the, and the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.